Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Today we are thrilled to re-engage with Barb Higgins, a congregant, as someone who's known in the media and known in our pews, who has helped us this uh, couple last couple of years with our worship service. But she's going to re- remind us of her own dark night of the soul. Uh, she spoke to us just before uh, COVID began over a year ago, and we're delighted that she'll help us explore what is the dark night of the soul that we might be in, and uh, how do we stay in it and see it as a gift of the true transformation that all of us are called to experience. So this week, as we've been uh, continuing with the lectionary, the passages selected for us, we, we came to the passage where Jesus is talking about his impending death. And it's the first time he talks about it in John's gospel. And he talks about the uh, relating it to creation, how a seed must be planted in the ground and die so that new life can come. And he uses nature to speak about his own death. But he's also troubled. He's troubled about this death that is coming. I think he's fairly aware that what's coming is going to be a public humiliation, a crucifixion, a, a torturous death. And he, and he really wants out of it. Uh, later in the gospel, the Garden of Gethsemane, he says to God, if there's any way out of this, now is the time. Uh, because he, he doesn't want to go this path, and yet he trusts in God. And it's, it's nighttime, and there's this sense in which it's in the darkness that he experiences his own mortality. In the text, it, it says that he's a troubled soul. Uh, I love that. I, did, I was never aware that Jesus saw himself as a troubled soul. When you look at troubled soul in, uh, in the internet, it comes up dark night of the soul, which is a common phrase. Many of us will know that phrase, the dark night of the soul. It's associated with words uh, like darkness, like disorientation, uh, like meaninglessness, like the absence of God, like anxiety, like fear. All of these are the words that are associated with dark night of the soul. When I did some reading this week uh, in Barbara Brown Taylor's book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, she tells the story about how it was St. John of the Cross in the 16th century, who when uh, he was sent to prison, uh, began to write about his experience. And you'd think it's about religious document. It's really not. It's, it's not a Christian document. It is a, a human document that talks about the absence of God, uh, about um, the darkness of feeling abandoned and the, the, the shedding of the things that have been a distraction in his life, descending to the core of who he is as he discovers uh, meaning uh, in the dark night of the soul. Uh, It's hard to consider the dark night of the soul as a gift, but uh, especially if you're in it right now, but it is the dark night of the soul as this place of discovering who we are, whose we are, what matters, what do I do with this life that I'm going to live? And those are the very same questions that Jesus wrestled with as a person, uh, wondering about his own life, his own ministry, his own death, trusting that something new was going to come. And so this dark night of the soul is, is, is a learning by uh, looking at our ego and what's gotten in the way and how do we let go of the things and the people, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, all the things that are a great distraction in our life so that we can enter into our truest self our truest self about who we are, about what matters to us and how we're gonna live our life. And as we were thinking about this, I thought about uh, Barb Higgins, 
a friend and congregant who shared with me a few years ago about her, her nine-year uh, dark night of the soul. And so now we're going to go and have a conversation with her as she shares something about what it's like to live through and stumble through this dark night of the soul and how it actually leads to personal transformation. Also, we're going to think about how COVID-19 is uh, not just an individual experience, but a corporate experience for institutions as they crumble and shake, whether it's health or education or governments or churches, as we move through this liminal space to something new that is going to come. Uh, we can't rush to get there. We need to discern and see what's emerging in this time so that we can step fully into uh, the post-pandemic world. So I'll invite you here now to the conversation with Barb and I as she shares something about her story and invites us to reflect on our own. Here's a conversation with Barb right now. A year ago, uh, this time we had a conversation, Barb, just, just I think the week pre-COVID about your work in trauma. Mm -hmm. And you've been helping us throughout the year, uh, planning worship, I'm really thankful for that. When we came to this Sunday, uh, we're following the lectionary, looking at the text that the church wants us to look at during Lent as we make our way toward Easter. And the text this week pops up with uh, Jesus, who's contemplating his own death, and is uh, the text calls him a troubled soul. And when I did some work on the background of that, when you, when you Google troubled soul and try to understand it, it comes up with dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And I remember meeting you in a coffee shop uh, a couple of years ago now, where you were telling me about how you'd come through uh, what I would call a dark night of the soul. And so I wonder if you'd share a little bit about what that was. What, how do we know what dark night of the soul looks like? Um, hmm, it's such a big topic, right? Um, so the first thing I think people do is they confuse depression with dark night. And, um, you know, how I got so much comfort around both of those topics was through a writer, Thomas Moore. And um, he writes about depression as being a call from the soul for a time to kind of slow down and a time for change. So depression, he actually does not pathologize at all. He thinks it's a normal phase of life. That's just, you know, it's a time for change. Whereas a dark night of the soul is completely different. A dark night of the soul, at least how I experienced it and how I got so much comfort reading from uh, Thomas Moore writing about it, is that it's a time in life when nothing in your life makes the same sense that it used to. And in fact, what, what I went through, I'll just speak for me. I know, you know, like this uh, goes along with a lot of the literature around this, but I'll just speak from my perspective. All of the markers of who I thought I was were gone. That um, I was no longer working in television and not that I identified with my job, but it was just all the things that went around that. And none of the things that mattered to me mattered anymore. I used to love to dance. I used to love to be creative. And I just didn't have any of the energy to do any of those things to anymore. And they didn't matter to me. Even if I had the energy, I'd think, I don't care about that stuff anymore. So it was like, I didn't recognize who am I and what's left. I felt like this, I wouldn't even say it was an empty shell because I'd say the shell was gone. I mean, everything, it was like, I was in a dark cave. I didn't even know if there was a door out. 
There was, I, I just had no idea if there was a doorway out. And, you know, I had my partner with me, thankfully, Brad, who was very understanding during this time, but I just had no words to explain to people, what the heck am I going through? And when you think about this in the time of COVID, I think a lot of people don't really have words to explain. You know, what? Yeah. it's interesting that this comes up um, this week for you at church, but also I think a lot of people are experiencing something pretty dark in their lives and not knowing what the words are, who do I share this with? I might, you know, people keep saying, I'm going through this, we're all in this together. But you know, the fact is everybody's going through this very individually. Yes. And the things yeah. that we used to identify with in our lives, a lot of them are gone. And and yeah. And a dark night, so to go back to the depression thing, dark uh, depression is calling for a change. Dark night is calling for a complete transformation. That's a great distinction, the difference, hey? So it's deeper, uh, it's soul work, it, uh, it's not uh, pathologized. You know, when, you, when you think of time frame, what would you say your time frame of dark night of the soul was? How long? Uh, well, it's interesting when you said, you know, because we did meet for coffee, it was two years ago, maybe, and I was in, still in a pretty dark place, and I thought I had come out of it then. And now looking back, I realized, oh, I still wasn't even out of it then. So when I look back at it, my dark night of the soul, uh, maybe not always the darkest, but certainly I would say there was a whole cycle of nine years. Wow. Where I still didn't quite have my feet under me and um, didn't didn't still didn't recognize myself. I was completely, I didn't realize it then, but I was transforming completely. And now I look back and I think, oh boy, I would not be in the place that I am in now if I didn't go through that darkness. And I'm, you know, but at, at that time I would never have been grateful for it ever, ever, ever. Cause it's so scary. And especially when I, think I'm done and I'm okay this has got to be it now you know like what else have I got to let go of I felt like I was letting go of all of these things and I look back and really they were kind of ego things they were mm. things about who I thought I was and I wasn't that at all that that all of that was external stuff none of it had anything you know and and so now I look back and I think I would not have had the same transformation had I not gone through such a darkness. And the difference now is I can sit with people who are in a dark time and completely, I don't need them to explain it to me in words. I just don't, because I understand it's individual. I can just sit with people. And, you know, if they, if they want to try to explain it, that's great, but they don't have to. And I just want to have a much deeper level of compassion for people. That's been, and I think I was a pretty compassionate person before, but there's a depth to it that you don't read in a textbook. You know, what you say about uh, just something like that, you don't read in a textbook. You know, John on the Cross talks about how it's the work of subtraction. That is letting things slip away. Uh, taking away, uh, letting go so that we actually get to the core. And so much of our religious life is 
doctrines and creeds and uh, layers that actually keep us from God. One of my favorite uh, writers says that church can be a great place to hide from God. And there's so many layers that we put on. And it sounds to me like the work of uh, John of the Cross is shedding because he comes to a point where he says, God is nada, nothing, no thing. And that's very hard for us because we're all about accumulating in our life. And the dark night of the soul is about actually uh, releasing uh, and seeing what's going to emerge. When you were, when you felt yourself coming out uh, or stepping uh, towards the towards the end, quote unquote, of this, what did you? What were your What were your greatest learnings? What did you learn? I know you learn about yourself and who am I, uh, but did you learn anything else that you could suggest to others as they're in this dark night of the soul? So I would never pretend to be able to, because everybody's experience is so completely different. What I've come to see this time as being is, it's like the deathbed question. And they say, you know, if you're trying to make a big, big, big decision in life, imagine you're on your deathbed and what do you wish you would have done? And that's kind of how I see COVID. I see um, a society, and I used to be a big part of that society of being on the treadmill and everything had to be faster and bigger and better. And like, oh my goodness, you know, and I got to be out in front of the pack and I got to be like, and, and it's just, it's exhausting thinking about it. And, and so what my dark night of the soul did for me and what I think COVID now, and I certainly don't want to ever make light of what COVID has done to people, um, the opportunity in this darkness is we are really imagining being on our deathbed and Mm. that's important. And anything that's not on that deathbed decision kind of level, let it go, let it go. And what what I've done a lot over the last nine years is simplify my life, is really simplify what's important to me, who's important to me, um, how do I want to walk through the world? And and um, just, it's a, boy, I still hit times when I lose my words about what this experience is, you know? It's a simplifying. It really is. And, it, and it's, um, so the only, it, the only maybe thing I would suggest is just, just imagine and ask that question over and over and over again. What, what's important? Uh, you know, COVID is forcing us to think about our mortality. And there, I've done enough work around, I used to volunteer with Hospice Calgary. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned so much from people who were on their deathbed. And we're not on our deathbed with COVID. Most of us are not. But it's bringing up kind of that little fear of that. And so the opportunity in that is to think is to really, really decide and, and contemplate what's important and what is not. And that takes us back to that ego stuff. You know, the essential self versus the ego self. Yeah, yeah. Or the false self to true self, right? It's a, it's a letting go. When our ego's in charge, we can often get in trouble. And letting go of that and allowing and descending. I like that movement, descending to our soul uh we discover our truest self and i think you're quite right with COVID. uh i know that institutions uh are experiencing a crumbling uh whether it's health or education or church 
uh, about their purpose. What, what are we about? What matters most to us? What's essential to us? And I think when institutions start to wrestle with what's, in, what's essential, what's important, what matters, then they will discover again the truest, uh, truest self of an institution. And that's part of our work. Someone's told me that this liminal space that we're in, a liminal space is the threshold. We are not going back. Uh, we're not quite forward. But when we move into the future, there's this sense of what will we let go of? What will we hold on? What will we recreate? And I think the dark night of the soul is that threshold, that liminal space. It's uncomfortable. Uh, and yet it can be our greatest teacher and guide as we move forward. Um, well, I want to thank you uh, for sharing some of that story with us and the assurance that this dark night that we receive is a gift. I, I read about people who say they would, even though when they're in it, uh, it is hell, literally, but they uh, would never change it in the end. The transformation that comes for us individually, and I would say uh, corporately, is going to be a great gift if we can be in the dark night and allow uh, the soul to do the work that needs to be done so that we can be transformed. So thanks for being with us, and thanks for all that you've done uh, to help us be uh, wiser and more compassionate as we seek to be a church that matters in the world. So your, your words and your stories and your presence among us is a gift. So thanks very much. And thanks to you and to Hillhurst. You're doing amazing work, really amazing work. Thanks, Barb. Thanks, John. You know, as you think about uh, your life, whether you've been in the dark night of the soul, uh, whether you're in it right now, or whether you're just learning about this, the dark night of the soul is gift. And uh, when I think of my own personal life, I think I've been in uh, the dark night of the soul for a few years now. As I wrestled, wrestled with who am I? What do I want to do? What matters to me in my personal life, in my work life? And as I make my way through and see hints of an, um, what's emerging, it actually is inspiring and exciting. You won't believe it, but Barbara Brown Taylor says that it's a great gift. And I read from her book. Over and over again, people will say they cannot find the words to say why they would not trade those nights, the dark nights, for anything. Yes, they were nights of great loss. Yes, the soul suffered from fearful subtraction. Yes, a great emptiness opened up where I had stored all my spiritual treasures. And yet, and yet what? And yet what remained when everything else was gone was more real than anything I could ever have imagined. I was no longer apart from what I sought. I was part of it or in it. I'm sorry I can't say it any better than that. There was no place else that I wanted to be. And so as we consider the dark night of the soul and consider Jesus who experienced the same dark night of the soul, we journey know, knowing that we're not alone, that others have walked this path, others have experienced this difficulty. And we do so knowing that God journeys with us and will hold us and welcome us as we seek and discover the transformation that is there for all of us. May it be so. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, 
we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.